To Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album or a band or even an entire musical movement was actually good or just a product of the hype machine of its time. And like all great podcasts in history, this is the direct spinoff of an unhinged group text amongst friends that still has not died. And uh, all right, welcome to it. And uh, let's meet the spoon and the fork. Hey, I'm Noah. That's it. <laughs> I'm Adrian, and, that and that's all. it. Just Adrian, <laughs> and I am your host, Caleb, a.k.a. The Spork, a.k.a. Mr. No Takes, <laughs> a.k.a. Mr. Live Read. Just want everyone to know, for posterity's sake, I read, I read the, the intro every, every episode raw. It's not, it's, not a, it's not an overdub. There's no fucking kiss alive up in this piece. How many episodes live. are we in? This is uh this is episode fourteen, fellas. This is our uh, just 14. another band from LA episode, you aka. Still have our... not nailed that intro, a single. <laughs> aka, uh, this is our enter the chicken episode, aka uh, code selfish episode. <laughs> what? what are all those things? Okay, just another band from LA. Who's that? Fourteenth episode, so that was their fourteenth album. Suicidal tendencies? No, I don't think they ever got to fourteen. Unfortunately, <laughs> Union thirteen. No, like way back. You know, think of bands from LA. There's not that many, right? Sparks. I'm so hyped for that Sparks talk. <laughs> Sparks. It's sucks. um. It's some. It's kind of like Sparks is like nobody actually likes them. That they for some reason they have hundreds of albums. Tell us. One Franklin Zappa. Ooh, yeah. Oh. Uh, and then the second one is <laughs> Enter the Chicken. This uh, solo artist came up last week in discussion of the supergroups. Sammy Hagar? No. <laughs> Think Enter the Chicken. Buckethead Chicken. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the AKA albums, Code wow. Code Colon Selfish um, is from a band that we talked about during the deer hoof episode i think deer hunter how dare you <laughs> deer hunter episode. <laughs> still can't get it i don't know adrian what do you got i got that? nothing i got nothing this english band is famous for having over 100 albums english band. the fall yeah oh, uh, you yeah. got it there you go code selfish marquee and, uh, yeah so we survived the thresse episode um yeah, so congratulations, and uh, we let our supercomputer select this album that we're doing this week, which I say is pretty apt, given the, the sonic experience that we all went on. And I'm going to turn it over to Brother Noah to give us a little intro on what we're covering this week. Yeah, this week, episode 14, coming at you. We got <laughs> The Knife's Silent Shout, and it's from 2006, and it was the best album of the year according to pitchfork but how did they review it adrian so the review considering it's best album of the year it seems a little low they gave it an 8.6 yeah. not terrible oh, but tough year tough year 
with a sleight of hand trick. They distracted you at that 8.6, and then they were like, bam, number one album of the year. <laughs> uh, it did get a best new music, and it was reviewed by Mark Pitlick, who I'm not too familiar with, but I think he's uh, written a few other things for the, <clears throat> for the website. Uh, but the excerpt I pulled is from the blurb once again, because the review actually, it's pretty straightforward and, and it actually just kind of talks about the music and it breaks down a few of the tracks that he really liked. But I thought the blurb kind of summed things up pretty nicely. Ditching the springy Europop of 2004's Deep Cuts, Sweden's The Knife here pits dark, ghostly electro backdrops against elastic vocals, which they mash through a ringer of digital manipulation. A far cry from the duo's friendly first singles, Silent Shout gorily burrs the knife's mutant twin. The result is creepy enough to warrant its own genre, Haunted House. Now, uh, I actually really uh, think... <laughs> I think there was that already a genre line... called Haunted House, and it's called like spooky Halloween sounds, motherfucker. And there's like... <laughs> Thousands yeah. of records of it. So it like check horse, your fucking sources. Yeah. A horse in a <laughs> like stable. Like a horse, like, like a creaky door. Cat, cat shrieking. Like a witch. A it's cauldron. trick or treating on Halloween, pit lick. Yeah. You yeah. haven't done it. Yeah, it's more like <laughs> dick lick. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think that last line's kind of cheese ball. But and you know, he thought that he stuck that landing so fucking yeah. good. He's like, oh my God, dude. He should have. Pit he lick, you did it. He should have <laughs> ended it with like, that's not a knife. This is a knife. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> nice. You know what? Looking uh, back, though, 2006, it was kind of a fucking low-key banger year, dude. You had fucking... Yeah, yeah. More than low-key, honestly. Hell has no fury. Um, that Boris top 10 Pink, is straight-up banger Scott, after banger. That, yeah, it's got Walker album. There was a previous Turn- episode, Joanna Newsom, Yeesh. Yeesh, Yeesh was Shout on Shout out Joe, JoJo. Yes, I mean that's like saying a lot um, to be able to like you know get. I mean, it, it granted it's just Pitchfork doing the um, you know the the rating, but I mean that's a that was a pretty good year. You had that fucking Tim Hecker album. Mm-hmm. You had uh, all sorts of shit, a bunch of shit. I don't know. This might just kind of glancing over this list real quick. This might be like probably our heaviest covered year when all is said and done. Yeah, I think you're right, Caleb. And I that's mean, like kind of smack dab in the um, you know, the time frame that we uh, yeah, that we go after, but um, yeah, right dude, in the meat, right in the fucking haunches. It's a haunchy, haunchy year. It was what uh, 1971 was to the 70s. 2006 was to the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, even had David Bowie on that uh, TV on the radio album too. So it's like you know, kind of full circular, full circular as we call it. But um. Yeah, right on. Um, and yeah, before like we get into like the background on this album, you know, they kind of touched on who the knife was previous to this album coming out. Their band has been around for 20 years, but I think what I wanted to kind of talk about first is the, to they're kind of you can't they're untetherable from the Scandinavianness of it all, and you know, especially mm-hmm. like Swedish, you know, at this time and even into the you know, previously in the late 90s. There had always been like this undercurrent of Swedish and Scandinavian artists, a lot of them electronic artists or like pop kind of artists, more like arty pop artists who um, were really making a go for it. And, um, you know, the Scandivasian. <laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, had, you had bands like Roikstop and like Leaky Lee and then, you know, kind of Bjork, you know, she's Icelandic. It's 
not on the landmass, but definitely culturally. Heavy um, BR you know, guys on this. Right yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Iceland's definitely much. part of it, and then you had escape it. Yeah, like Robin, and then you know, and then like the field came out with an album this year, or the year before that, or something. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like Scandinavia, and then this band kind of coming off of that kind of that crest of a of a movement, um, is and you know, is important. I think it's like a good framing of like what was going on in music then, and you know, with this band. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and, I, and I think a lot of it you can attribute to, um, you know, it's like. Scandinavia, there's like a um, like a stereotype that they're kind of like a cold, stoic people, you know, but they're very astute and solitary. And that makes sense to kind of make this kind of type of pop music that's kind of very singular. You know, it kind of seems like it's maybe be from like had to be from a solo artist or a lot of duos or I feel or like producer singer kind of combos come out of uh, Scandinavia and all that. And that kind of pop mm. in the techno kind of machinery and um love to party yeah <laughs> but i think a lot of that's tributed to yeah just people who are just kind of in the lab just like constantly yeah. you know it's like six months of winter or more just like knocking beats out and you know studying music and um but also like the northern europe and the nordic countries have always had a fascination and support with like more underground american art forms whether that's like kind of hard bop into free jazz and like a lot of you know american jazz artists relocated to places like copenhagen and stockholm and berlin and things and then yeah, as well as made it that was my biggest beef with that fucking la la land movie mm-hmm. where the guy is like oh babe i can't go with you to france because my jazz career is here in los angeles and it's like dude actual jazz musicians that were good moved to france yeah they knew which way the wind was blowing the 50s (laughs) yeah what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) totally so i think and then like especially like um like techno and acid house and a lot of that was just coming out of the dungeons and warehouses of you know industrialized cities all over europe and i mean that definitely had a huge influence on you know european dance music and electronic music mm-hmm. um yeah and i think it's like a yeah and i think a lot of like you know a lot of these are more sparsely populated countries but they have like these big ur- urban cores that have a lot of people a little bit more worldly and a little bit more um you know there's in universities a lot of young people they're kind of like way stations for culture and stuff so yeah i just wanted to give a little shout out to like 2000 scandinavian shit that you're gonna use that time for your like Swedish metal breakdown. That's a, that's a separate podcast. That's a separate side of me. You know, I'm like Jekyll and Hyde over here. Um, but also, you know, uh, what was also big was the Steve Larson. Wasn't that around this year? That the girls the, dragon tattoo, the Millennium movie? Trilogy. Oh, Steve Larson. Steve Larson. <laughs> yeah. so, the true yeah. crime. Yeah, for sure. Cyber, um, cyber crime or something. Wasn't she a hacker? <laughs> yeah, she's a hacker. <laughs> Hacking the mainframe. Um, but yeah, that's a I good... think a lot. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, yeah, a lot of that, uh, yeah, the Euro house techno stuff has that hacking the mainframe vibes. There's another influence <laughs> that I think you didn't mention, Caleb, that really brought this European techno into America, which back European... into America. Yeah, the Europeans were already influenced by like Detroit techno and New York 
kind of dance music and no wave and new wave stuff like that and the hell the hellfish uh episode of the simpsons when the techno (laughs) guy is like hey fun boys get the room room, yeah i think that like ushered in all of this stuff i mean that was (laughs) up until i'll get into to it later but up until my early 30s that, that was like literally 99? my impression of what techno music was it's all i really that? 90, gave it a, the time of day 98 or something like that it yeah. was like 96 i want to say yeah great episode. great episode Punk and that episode of the simpsons kind of <laughs> it crawled of eyes yeah it crawled so that you know avici and stuff like that could walk and then die of an overdose but anyways Shout out Vici. I think he was Swedish as well. Anyways, um, yeah, Adrian, why don't you give us a little uh, history on this? Yeah, that's work. That's some uh, good background, Caleb. So thanks for that. Um, but that take it all out. <laughs> uh, I will delete that order. all. Sorry, um, out of order. You got to remix it. But uh, so the album was recorded from March 2004 to November 2005. It was produced by The Knife themselves. Uh, The Knife is comprised of Karen and Olaf Dreyer. They are siblings. Um, Strange situation. (laughs) Well, they were actual siblings, not uh... even sexier. (laughs) The Uh, whacker slap situation. (laughs) Oh, boy. It was released on Rabid Records on February 17th, 2006. Great is... record name, record label name, guys. Rabid Records. That, that's their label, right? Uh, I don't know. It, it might be. I'm not sure if it's just them. I think it might okay. be. I love a but... good record label name. Bands should learn from some of these record labels. It's like, keep it simple. Keep it evocative. Just. I heard Rabbit one the other Rabbit. day was uh, Feeding Tube. I thought that was like, damn. <laughs> it's, pretty it's pretty good record. I'm label. I'm to get more into it, but anyway, back um, to the lecture at hand. Yeah, so it's their third album. It's the follow up to their kind of breakthrough record, Deep Cuts, uh, which was mentioned in the in the excerpt. Uh, which that that record had a single heartbeats, which kind of blew up. That was used in a bunch of movies. It was famously covered by Jose Gonzalez and kind of a down-tempo acoustic number and that that version is used in like a sony commercial and other stuff so it you know they they had they had kind of gotten a little bit of popularity before this Did we go to high school with that fool <laughs> jose gonzalez jose gonzalez <laughs> yeah I, went with- yeah I think he was on the baseball team or something man. <laughs> yeah i knew his dad also named jose gonzalez <laughs> yeah he was a junior yeah but it's interesting, Caleb. You're talking about like the dungeons of Europe and, and techno because they recorded this. Uh, well, first they started recording it in uh, what they jokingly called the carbon dioxide factory uh, before moving to the vaults beneath the Grand Church in Stockholm's Old Town, uh, which totally makes sense for the vibe of this record. But apparently, it for the sound of the record, it was actually terrible. So they had to move into their own um, respective home studios to finish up the album. Um, but it sounded like that the the grand church is pretty cool. Aside from the fact that it was like crumbling on the inside and, and it sounded like shit. It sounds like the Vatican crumbling <laughs> on the inside. Oh boy. 
I think it just—it's um, a test and a testament to the secular society of, of Sweden that their church is going neglected and unused. <laughs> yeah, respect. And yet they um, provide social goods and uh, state-funded art for their citizens. So, priorities, America. <laughs> think about them. <laughs> uh, Karen Dreyer's vocals, uh, as it was also mentioned in the excerpt, they're manipulated quite a bit throughout all of the songs, pretty much. Um, I can't think of really one track where they are not manipulated in some way, whether it's even, you know, basic as reverb or something, but she does a lot of like pitching, pitching it down and kind of getting into like more male vocalizations and stuff like that. But the idea behind that was that they wanted to evoke the different characters from the songs, uh, which include solitary, solitary sailors, a hermaphrodite, a sickly person or two, male bonding groups in crisis, TV addicts, a scared housewife, and a biologically weighty citizen that desperately tries to get to know his body. And, and a all communist that... too, right? Yeah, yeah. can't forget the his <laughs> communist was a communist. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that list comes directly from the band, and obviously, album's hilarious, but like in a great way. It's great. It's got. It's yeah. Um, the, there's like so much going on and then the vote the the lyrics are actually really good uh, yeah totally yeah for sure the so vocal wise it's it's mainly uh karen drager but uh they do have one track where they're they co-wrote with uh jj johansson who i guess is a big swedish singer songwriter like i i had kind of heard of him but i don't i'm not really too familiar with his music but um he provides the kind of counterpoint on Marble House, which is a, a great uh, track. <clears throat> uh, thematically, Karen Dreyer wanted to move away from the kind of more overt political songs that they had written for the previous record, uh, which is interesting because if you listen to that record, it's a lot more bright and poppy sounding than this record. But it, but the lyrics, so yeah, they are very focused on on kind of heavy political stuff and kind of like, had that MIA spirit to him. Yeah, totally. Totally. The, the kind of like, we want to make you dance, but also kind of make you like, kind of say, fuck yeah, Thank revolution. But I have a little, I have a couple of quotes here. Cause actually it's interesting in, in doing the background, like these guys are pretty mysterioso about like all of their, like they don't really, they didn't really do a lot of interviews back, back in the day. They didn't really, play the media game as much as other bands did and i think you know i think that actually helped build the mystique around them and help them kind of it, the focus was more on the visuals and the and the music than like you know who they are or whatever or like because they you know i'm sure pl and plenty of publications did run with a kind of the oh these are siblings from you know sweden and they're making this dance music and blah 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 but uh, but I have a quote here from, from Karen Dreyer. She says that many of the songs are about looking for something to spend time and to fill the body, to avoid loneliness and the physical functions of, or dysfunctions of the body. It's one step forward and one step back. And the silent shout title, it's like when you dream and really want to scream something, but nothing comes out. Which if you listen to the record, like that, that there's so much stuff about the body, about emotions about you know exactly what she's saying here which is interesting because like this and that expert comes from a kind of archived biography that they had written for their own website but it, you know they they didn't really she didn't really break down the songs too much so it's interesting that that she kind of gives hints at what what 
was going on there. And I think it, you know, it, the, the, the lyrical content, it really elevates the, the, the songs because the songs sound like bangers. I mean, the music is amazing, but when you actually listen to the lyrics, it really elevates like what's going on. And the way they deliver them in like that kind of like deadpan way. And they actually yeah. like, um, I don't mean to be insensitive, but like kind of the ESL style vocals where it's like, <laughs> I don't know if they're like hamming up the accent and doing, doing like the um, English, you know, lyrics. And that kind of gives it a kind of detached robotic kind of vibe to it as well. That yeah, kind of. And then it creates this like body horror kind of aura about it too so yeah embrace like a, the new flesh yeah no totally <laughs> like you could like you could put the knife on and put video drum on like turn the volume down i think i think it's it might very work cronenberg i mean it's called the knife if yeah, cronenberg yeah. ever made an album he'd call it the knife probably <laughs> but i have a few more a few more notes here so uh one of the the big precepts behind the music was actually that they wanted to focus on like the inventing of new sounds for them so they both experimented with like with equipment and software and trying new things to create uh, in their words sensitive sounds that are also very cold and physical uh which is a very apt description of the record in like you know 10 10 words or, or whatever it is um visuals for the album were inspired by the work of animator oscar fishinger who i'm not too familiar with but um and also the comic book series black hole by charles burns uh which if you're not familiar with black hole or charles burns like check them out um that's a great comic book series it's about a small town um that the teenagers come start coming down with all these crazy uh illnesses and, and diseases and it physically changes them and it's kind of a metaphor for for puberty and stuff it's a really great book oh, it's like um, x-men kind of but it's more it's actually more body horror like uh, the than clap? x-men they get the clap <laughs> uh kind of well you know i i'm not gonna divulge too much i i'll let you the the reader decide on that one um but i have a another quote here from the the biography from biography that uh sums up a little bit more about <clears throat> the visuals and what they were going for we told uh video director and andreas we wanted something very dark and surrealist when he came up with this idea it was perfect silent shout is one of the songs that feels most uh it's very near what kind of music we want to do we've been making music for seven years and with every year you're getting close to what kind of music you really want to do i think we are pretty close in that song particularly because it has all the elements we like it's very sad but hard and beautiful at the same time and it's cold but it's warm a lot of qualities so like they they are trying to capture a lot of different things in this kind of mode of like cold digital manipulated music but they hit a lot of different a lot of different feelings and and you know cuz some of the songs are more exuberant some of the songs are more leaning into the coldness but it's a very interesting record. And when it was released, it was received very well. It got critical acclaim. As you mentioned, Noah, it was named Pitchfork's best album of 2006. But a bunch of other publications also put it on various, you know, best of the year, best of the decade list, you know, The Wire, Spin, Resident Advisor, you know, all the usual suspects, basically. Um, but yeah, Sun, that's Sunset Magazine, the uh, California magazine, that was their number one album of the of the year. 
the triple a california magazine sunset <laughs> check the, it out it's pretty good the amtrak uh magazine that you get when you uh sky mall uh yeah the in-flight oh, ones i actually read those um i get shit for that uh, it's kind of well you know when you when you want to visit st louis then you'll know the best uh the best bourbon bars or whatever yeah yeah totally what about um blade mag what did they give it that's, a, that's an industry <laughs> 10 out of 10 of course yeah uh it's a knife uh mag um, check it out guys if you want to you know if you're into the blade i studied the blade um yeah right on thank you adrian for that that thorough background and um yeah it's, it's crazy like to hear them talk about the music and like i don't know to like create that much singularity without actually sounds and how they describe it but that without them sounding completely fucking pretentious and like leading you know like they just kind of had a mission statement and i think i don't know compared to some of these other albums that we've reviewed um they fucking kind of nailed their own <laughs> their own uh yeah their own mission and that's like that's yeah. pretty that's really admirable you know that's and like if you that's look, really hard to come by yeah caleb if you look at that the top 50 i have a game involving the top 50 of the pitchfork 2006 as well so i won't i'll try not to tip my hand too much but i think right around i would say from about like 2003 pretty much on every publication pitchfork included i'd say especially pitchfork but even, you know, Rolling Stone, Spin Magazine, they really started to take the idea of like independent music. And it, it, it was now electronica, European kind of dance music as well. So it was like it was very much like we need to highlight this movement going on because it is also kind of the un underground as well you know bands like hot chip and uh junior boys and people that that had the spirit of like independent groups and almost you know the knife is kind of like almost like punk rock but they're like just more influenced by like craft work and daft punk but it was really a shift i think in people covering dance music as like a band not as yeah like club music. before it, it was kind of in separate. on the peripheral and then it at some point yeah like you're saying it pretty much just went one for one and as you an know? album as a, a genre that could produce whole albums not just uh singles. yeah mm -hmm. well i think this is post you know post the rapture hitting it big this is post lcd being big yeah this is dance punk too adrian would go in with that as well I for sure and then you also got acts like junior boys like the postal service who are kind of melding indie and electronica or whatever you want to call it uh in new ways and i think that this the, these guys are definitely kind of writing in the same same kind of wave of the I I mean, sissy boy music and radiohead <laughs> helped usher in that too. yeah america radiohead, uh, radiohead was the british radiohead let's never forget <laughs> uh the knife was the swedish Radiohead. Yes. In search of the American Radiohead listeners, let us know who that is. Who you got your vote? Yeah. Yeah. Righteous. Um, yeah. And I'll talk a little about that kind of like, you know, when we go into our histories, but like, yeah, what kind of other bands led me to this band? Um, so, yeah, let's talk about where we were at with this album when it came out. Um, Noah, what's your uh, history with the Silent Shout? Silent Shout, I kind of slept on it. 
I remember reading the review and I had heard that single that they came out with a few years earlier and then the Jose Gonzalez version of it. Cause that was kind of a hit song pretty much. Yeah. And so I was, I was somewhat aware of them, but then it was kind of surprising when they got the uh, album of the year, because when they got reviewed, it was like an 8.6, but that year, so many albums were huge. Like, like Ghostface, Fish Scale, stuff like that, you know, clips, all kinds of, it was a good year for music. So I was listening to a lot of new music in 2006. Actually, looking back, 2006 might have been the last year where I listened to the majority of the music I listened to in that given year was new music. And I think I started going away from that after right around 2006 or so. Um, but I was into a lot of the bands that I mentioned just now, the like Hot Chip, Junior Boys, uh justice was right around this time the french techno group mm -hmm. um and i still was never into daft punk but so i was i slept on it and then eventually i think my brother zachary bought the album and uh he eventually burned it for me and i listened to it quite a bit but a lot of this electronic kind of based underground music I sort of only had about like a year fling with, and then I kind of retreated back into like Kraftwerk and Brian Eno and stuff like that. But I also will say the Fever Ray album, which is, was that the next yeah. year? Mm, 2009 or something? Yeah, okay. it was a few, it was a few years between the two. That, that shit blew up. That, that like was the one. That was, that was the one where I was yeah. like, "Okay, I didn't love Silent Shout, but I love Fever Ray." Great love, records. Love that album. Um, mm -hmm. And cool album cover too. She's got like the hoodie on, but it's like a weird illustration, like black and white. Yeah, dope. But Iconic. I liked I liked this album. I liked their whole aesthetic. Like I liked that they were dressed up like in caught like bird costumes, and it was kind of they were kind of corny. I think like music needed that at that point, like especially some of this blog rock stuff where it became a little one note, like kind of, I don't know. It just, it needed that energy. I liked that they were dressing up and were kind of mysterious again, like brought some of that to, to what I was listening to. And uh, yeah, I like it. I always loved the album cover. I think it's it a was a way to do like cover. pageantry without yeah. it being like pastiche, you know. Like you had a, you had a lot, you had all these bands like I don't know, like of Montreal, they just like dandy fops or whatever. But you're like, <laughs> I don't know, it's a little too like Technicolor and just like nostalgia, just a nostalgia trip, you know. But then yeah. like this band was kind of into the futuristic and like kind of the absurdist. Yeah, kind of kind of thing, and that's a little bit more. I don't know. To me, at least, it's a little bit more captivating. Yeah, in 2006 too, I was also listening to a lot of Bjork. Bjork. I was listening to Kate Bush a lot. Mm. Like I was heavy, heavy Kate Bush at the time. So I find think me that... a person who hasn't had a he heavy Bush <laughs> period. <laughs> yeah, and I'll find you someone I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to spend any sort of time with. It's so funny how Kate Bush just comes for everyone. Like yeah, heavy, it's, heavy K Bush. It's like it's but, a song uh, that never sets. Yeah, so kind of limited. I only listened to this album a handful of times back in 06. And then I sort of left a lot of that mid 2000 electro stuff behind a little bit. 
but I think it's all due for a revisit for me. So yeah, I like this album, but slept on it would be my history. There's no, I don't have a particular like memory with it. Like hmm. the scenarios. I remember being at like a bar and a friend of mine was like, what do you think of that knife? And we were talking, I think we were talking about like the, just the releases of the year. And I was like, yeah, that's like, that's like the album. Like everybody keeps talking about it. And like people were really in, but like friends of mine that were more like into like, you know, guitar music, you know, punk rock almost. They were like, no, but this knife album is really kind of blowing my mind. So I was like, oh, okay, this is like touching a nerve with people. And so I investigated it, but I was late on this. Yeah. I had to ch- check my cred. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. What about you, Adrian? How did this come into your life? <clears throat> so as I mentioned, I was I liked the I liked Heartbeats, I liked that song. I think I had probably heard maybe a couple of other tracks from that record. Um I liked the Jose Gonzalez version a lot. Uh I was super into him around this time. But I remember this record, uh I think I uh, David Maxwell, our our friend Dave, I th- believe he bought it if not the day it came out, at least the week it came out. I believe it was another Best Buy uh trip. But um, he came over to my house and I ripped it onto my computer immediately and we we sat down and we listened to it. And and yeah, it was pretty immediate of the reaction of like, oh, shit, like what this is. This is good. This is different. This sounds kind of unique. So it was it was one of those things where like I it it kind of immediately went into the rotation Um, and it, you know, it was it was it was one of those records where i would listen to it in the car on my way to college or um, delivering pizzas uh it became kind of a mainstay especially in that kind of ipod era for me which is which is basically the mid to late uh aughts but like i was really loved the the vocals i thought it was really the you know the manipulations were really cool i loved how you know she would do the kind of the the both the female and the male kind of sides of the vo- vocals or even go into like weird uh, i wouldn't say it inhuman kind of vocals but certainly like taking it to the edge of just being I like was garbled. More human than human <laughs> nice well, that's two um, weeks in a row <laughs> it uh, it yeah um but uh, and I loved how icy like the synth sounded. I really loved like I, I wouldn't say brittle, but there's something just like yeah, like cold and hard about every yeah. sound on this record. Shattered glass. Yeah. yeah. Even like the kind of more plinky plunky synth lines that they have, there is still kind of like an impact to when you like how like you can hear like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like the the fingers on the keys or something. Um, Bleak, plinky plunky. That's a good distinction, Adrian, because it's better than bleepy bloopy. Bleepy bleepy. Yes, it is. Right? And there's some bleepy bloopies on here for sure. Yeah, but not so. Or much. if you're animal collective, it's poo poo pee pee. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're keeping a, lo- a track at home, those are some of the uh, phrases that we use. And, and there's wishy washy, wishy washy, inarticulate phrases. Describing music, but yeah, plinky plunky. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Can't know all the words. 
but yeah, I, that I think that kind of wraps it up. Like I would, I, I definitely have memories of like um, blasting this in my car, you know, just fucking loud as fuck. It sounds really good when you listen to it that way. Um, totally. On like a, and my my you know my car system was crap, and it still sounded amazing. I can I can only imagine how good it would sound like on a on a hi-fi, really good uh, stereo system. Um, but yeah, I, that was kind of my experience with it. You know, I, I fell in love with it immediately. It became a mainstay. And then, you know, for some reason, I just kind of, uh, stopped listening to it for a few years until, you know, until this, uh, till this. Right on. Yeah. It sounds like we all kind of have a similar, uh, history with it in, in the respect that it's not too, too deep. Um, but that probably like, enhance the the re-listen you know uh, i know that definitely happened for me so yeah my background with this album let's see this came out in 2006 so 2006 what was i doing i was doing drugs <laughs> um so shout out to tall jesse my uh, college uh, homie and later roommate he was kind of my electronic music guide. Um, this dude just he needed kinda... one of those friends, Caleb. You always needed one. Oh, yeah, no, oh, totally. Yeah. And much respect. Yeah, I you know, I got like my metal homies, I got my like my jazz homies, and then this dude was definitely the um like half hip hop, half uh yeah, electronic, like instrumental kind of stuff. Um and yeah, it was cool because I didn't, you know, have too much of a context to most of that. So um yeah, so he knew all the good shit, all the cool, like, you know, because a lot of this stuff, like, if you know a label or, you know, like a city, and then you can kind of, like, uncover a bunch of stuff based on yeah. that's kind of your lens through which you Peace find all this it. stuff. That's how you can do yeah. jazz, too. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it had to be something like that. So, um, yeah, he showed me this. He showed me us this record, um, a few of us, and... um yeah we had a blast with it i remember it just being kind of like because it, it skirts that line of having like i said it was 2006 it was like pretty smack dab in the middle of college in the middle of the woods so it's like you know kind of just running around with a you know my expanding my mind but it also like is good party music but it's also like has that deeply like introspective kind of dreamy kind of mm. pieces of it so i remember liking that and that, but then how it just had like bass drops and like pop hooks and all this like shit so like yeah we'd like dance around to it and stuff um yeah it was like really good party time music and um and but i also feel like is at a time that's like i don't know if i, I was kind of on the periphery of listening to like there's this like like we'd mentioned some like you know electronic electronica and like kind of techno influenced um indie stuff was getting really popular but then i th also thought it was kind of this other i guess like facet of that was kind of like what i call like hardcore kids found discovered techno music so it's like bands like crystal castles and glass <laughs> like glass candy and health and was like, that it like, was that yeah. the andrew wk influence was that no i i literally think it was kids hmm. who were like punk rockers and and then they're like oh we can just get ableton or like i can like, <laughs> i can fuck around with a roland and a korg and like you know create a little setup but it was kind of more like aggro electronic music and so i was Buck like buttons weren't they like that yeah kind of like yeah. that yeah they're um, kind of the more than no the noise harsh noisier yeah they were from like brighton or whatever so they had like that english thing but like health was like a big like smell band that um was like just really propulsive but also like electronic and then the lady tron and that kind of stuff so i feel like 
I feel like I heard the knife on the as related to those bands of kind of things that were just a little bit more, I don't know, punchier, a little bit more heavier, a little bit more grittier, you know, versions of, you know, techno indie, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I kind of always related to that band and always, yeah, it just had this like fucking sweet, like nocturnal vibe. And it kind of like transported you to like, you know, cause I went in, I went to college in the tip top of Northern California. And it's like really far from any urban center, but then it was like cool to listen to those kinds of bands, especially the knife and be like transported to some like damp warehouse lined street, you know, somewhere in like a big city and stuff. And like, kind of feel you know feel that vibe and uh you know get you you know it has a surreal element to it too that um uh, really, secure really the to you. secure the bag music let's be let's be honest <laughs> yeah yeah it really is um you know it's like dude we need to do a little night run what do you got for me you guys? <laughs> put this on yeah like, hell yeah we're on a mission baby it's like hacking the mainframe but sometimes hacking the mainframe is is driving a is driving a subaru um yeah to like some uh a low rent apartment building somewhere uh that's 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 the mainframe you got to hack for the night but yeah and then later like with the fever right thing which is like imploded that was so hyped and um motion to the knife kind of gave me like a resurgence of listening to the knife probably like around when that fever right ca- album came out but um yeah and then it just kind of like fell off my radar and um continued to listen to like a good amount of electronic music and um experimental stuff because like you were saying you know that shit was really blossoming and it kind of in tandem with you know uh more like punk and guitar um, yeah and hip-hop was sounding like that and yeah 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 and then vice versa or it was it was a conversation between and it also kind of like i was thinking about this because i was remembering 2000 i graduated college in 2009 so i remember in 2009 i would listen to the radio and then hip-hop just and maybe it was what was on the radio but also it was just kind of like 2006 2009 there was really fucking tremendous albums that came out but then kind of the middle ground stuff was just kind of fucking weak and i remember just it um it just got really like weak like just like middle ground hip-hop middle ground hip-hop now is like better than 99 percent of like whatever passes for music you know just on the <laughs> on the strength of the beats and just like the yeah. you know the whole the whole vibe i remember there was just all this kind of like like bob and all this like just like really just bland like crappy wimpy hip-hop and so then i feel like the beat stuff that like the bands that took the torch from it was like bands like this guys were more club oriented euro dudes and then your kanye's and your whoever else is kind of started noticing that and then bringing it back into you know the urban yeah. core and the what year is 808 and heartbreak that is oh seven, I believe. Yeah, okay, Kev, you're right. Because Kanye, yeah, next year after this is like Kanye probably fucking saw the knife and was like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I remember like, yeah, just his like having like my shitty post college first job and like listening to like the local like hip hop station that would be like on, and it was just I was like really uninspired. I was just like I know I've like kind of fallen off a of rap for a little bit. And I know I know what I like, and there'd always be like your stable, you know, the classic. But I was like, fuck, I don't know if I want to like jump back into this. And so I listened to like, stuff like this that had just like the beats were a little bit more exploratory and deeper and a little heavier. But then, you know, things just come in cycles and shit. And, you know, eventually it was all good. Um, so yeah, that that's my uh 
that's my background with that so um yeah it was exciting to like i knew i always liked this album and i knew it was something deep and weird so i was like really excited i was glad that the um the supercomputer i'm glad the knife like uh, went back in time hacked went forward in time hacked our mainframe so that <laughs> the the algorithm produced the number that we got to to, to do this album so yeah i'm stoked nice yeah, and I'm excited to talk about our current reactions, too. So why don't we take a little pause for the cause, and then I'll come back and talk about how we're feeling about the album nowadays. All right, we're back, and we are horny for this album. So, so let's, horny. <laughs> for this album. let's talk about how we feel about it nowadays. Um, Adrian, tell us about your current thoughts. Yeah. Current thoughts. <laughs> current thoughts. So... Listening to it with now. Adrian. <laughs> like the McLaughlin group kind of show. That's disgusting, Adrian. Get that out of your head. <laughs> um so <laughs> listening to it now, especially after like a few years of being away, um, which didn't say like tracks here and there wouldn't pop up, say on a Spotify playlist or whatever, and I'd be like, Oh damn, yeah, like uh, uh you know, our um um barble house or you know we share our mother's health like oh that yeah that that shit bangs but listening to it now like as a whole piece it's really astounding to me how it really has not lost any of its power or it's like like the sound still sounds fresh it doesn't sound dated at all to me to my ears at least i don't know if that's you know nostalgia looking back or if that you know that's legit but to me to my ears like the 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 reason like I think the reason that that is, is because there's have like, they, they have their own specific sound that is the knife. And to, mm -hmm. a, to an extent, like fever Ray also has is kind of in the same universe for sure, but they, they just have the specific tone and, te you know, texture to what they're doing. And because of that, and because they were kind of like, not necessarily, I mean, it was reflective of other things that were going on, but it was not necessarily the same sound as what was going on around them. And I think that helps to make it feel fresh, you know, uh, here we are 15 years later, but, but much with like the other, like going through the, the animal collective record and the, the, the past uh, few episodes, like different elements pop out uh, on these listens, things that I would maybe gloss over when I was younger stuff like you know just certain synth textures there's like so many little synth lines that come and go that are just so fucking good uh which i think that's actually an, a really great technique that they do where they're and it's a classic dance music electronic music trope where you know you introduce a few elements in the beginning you drop it out to become more of a you know rhythm focused and then you bring it all back in towards the the middle or the end to kind of you know really bang it out um, and they do that a bunch of times on this record and it really fucking works. And, and then like the lay, the way that they layer things, just it's it, it, the, like the production is great. I believe that Olaf did most of it. And I think they worked with a couple of engineers, but it, it sounds fucking, it just sounds great. I, yeah, like the lyrics too. some of the lyrics also were popping out that I didn't necessarily connect in the past um and then like also the drum programming which is like yeah. super precise and super 
orderly in a way, but it's also it like it, it still grooves and it still feels good and it's not like robotic at all. It it still has like kind of a weird, like a weirdly human touch to it or something. I don't know, but it it it's like it's it's mechanized, but it's still got some kind of like a feel to it um, without being too like harsh, well, like you know. It's well honed. Yeah, exactly. It's not like, you know, nice. (laughs) Um, Sharp. And yeah. And then even though it, it, the textures are cold, like it doesn't necessarily like, it doesn't turn you off because of that. Like, I think that it can be easy to, to like get too far into the, the kind of darkness or the gothiness or whatever, the cheesiness of it. And they never really go that far it's always kind of really nicely contained. And, and as you guys are mentioning, like the way that they're put together their image and stuff, like it all fits together. It's all of a piece and it's all very thought out, like from the artwork through the lyrical themes, through the way the music interplays with the lyrics and yeah. And all that stuff was kind of popped out on these listens. Cause I also listened to it. I don't know, probably like 10 times maybe in the past week and a half week or so um you know it's just it it's it's so like it's so easy to put it to just run it back like the one of the things that also on this listen kind of surprised me was how compact the record is like the songs are they're much more pop songs than like dance songs let's say uh, yeah, for sure. They kind of fit more in the like the three to five minute range. Most of them, I think, all of them actually. Maybe there's a one that maybe is, or two that are longer, but mm-hmm. um, it's it's it, so I think that helps a lot with it because it feels a lot more concise, precise. Uh, as you say, it's honed, and I think that helps a lot. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that this record holds up like a motherfucker, and I you know they they just announced literally within the past three days that they're gonna reissue it on vinyl and i think like i think right now is prime for them to kind of have uh return to the spotlight let's say because i think that they were influential maybe not in terms of sound but in terms of like what they were doing with the sounds in terms of what they were doing with their image in terms of what they were doing like on their tours i think that did go on to influence a lot of other electronic artists that have come along like you know like eve's tumor is directly like you could say that's there's a direct line from eve's tumor back to this record you know and the stuff they're doing is you know and and there's so many artists that that are doing this with the kind of the weirdo electronic stuff that can all you know thank this record for for being uh for existing so yeah it's definitely a big tent for sure um but yeah that that's kind of where i landed on this one uh in these past couple weeks nice yeah what about you Noah? you seem uh pretty ripped and ready for this yeah man i so i hadn't listened to this album in probably close to 15 years and uh when the randomizer selected it i was like excited because it jumped out of me right away it's like oh i bet you that's an album that holds up Mm -hmm. because i think I don't know enough about like house music. So I'm sure they're just referencing the history of house throughout. And maybe they are trading in on tropes that were common in house music in 2006 and stuff. 
So, you know, I can't say it's like wholly original, but I don't know. Listening to it now in 2021, I was like, this shit could come out today and still slap. Like, I don't think it's lost a step. I think it's catchy as hell. And for a, essentially a dance record in that genre, it's not like, oh, I, I would never have an excuse to listen to this unless I was like, you know, having a house party or something. I, I'd put a couple songs here and there on like a dance playlist or something. But no, this album, I can listen to it like every day. I can listen to it at work and my headphones. I listened to it yesterday on the stereo and just kind of like sitting in my living room. Like I had like the A's game on in the background. I was just chilling out. It made me want to get up and dance a few times. But this album, the the songwriting is fucking great. Like there's all this storytelling going on, which I think is like a hip hop influence because it's not just singing. A lot of time house music is just like, catchy turn of phrases that like or a repetitive turn of phrase but this album really has a structure and uh the lyrics are great and they're they're making catchy songs but it's also very weird and very heavy it reminded me a lot of like houston kind of rap groups at the time like in the yeah 2000s. especially the vocals like the chopped oh, yeah. and screwed yeah chopped and screwed and a lot of the bass i just love shout how out coding shout out cough medicine <laughs> yeah that's shout out styrofoam coding. cups <laughs> um but yeah i was yeah i was so i, I wouldn't even say surprised because i was like yeah i bet you that album still holds up because i knew the fever ray album was so good so i was glad to spend time with this album and this album's great like it just really hit. I think like the first five songs on this album to me is like perfect or uh, no, I'd say that. Yeah. Yeah. The first five I think is like perfect. Like, and it's not just a singles record where a lot, sometimes dance music, even like when we did Daft Punk, like that live album, a lot of it is showcasing their singles and like, mm-hmm. seems like a collection of singles. Yeah. But all this stuff really, flows it's like a whole statement i think the whole album is constructed really well and um yeah it it hit on a lot of music that i've grown to appreciate more like you know at the time i was just getting into kate bush and i think it does it has a lot of kate bush sounds yeah and it just made me want to like explore their music more and more explore uh techno more maybe find out what they were influenced by and go back and listen to that like it makes me want to listen to more like bjork you know i kind of i always listen to like bjork's new albums but it like made me just want to go into more electronic music that's really album based and yeah i just yeah i really enjoyed the experience listen to this album i listened to it about 10 times i definitely can't wait to like go on like a road trip and put this on oh yeah uh, this is a great road record yeah road record which is funny because it's like it's designed to be like a club album right like dancing and stuff but 
I think it just works like walking around, listening on your headphones, driving your car, like this thing hits on like a lot of levels. And I think out of all the albums that we've done, like, like the Rapture album that we did way back on episode three, like that was a surprise to me how well it held up, even though I really liked that album when it came out. I was just surprised how it didn't sound aged. But this album doesn't sound aged as well. But this album for me is the best discovery that I've had on this podcast for an album that I was familiar with, but kind of forgot about like this. Like I was like, Oh, I'm glad we did this episode. Cause I like this thing slaps. Like I'll definitely listen to this going forward, but yeah, that's my current reaction. Caleb. Nice. Sick. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. I mean, going into this, I was a little bit like, I had the same, I had the same feeling that you did know. I was like the knife. I remember there just being like these, the strong artistic statement of a band and made these really kind of um, monumental releases. You know, they don't have a ton of releases, but when they came out, they were like very much talked about. So I knew they like probably upheld their, like their quality and their just like, just how firm of a statement they were. But then I, you know, the cynic in me, was kind of like, you know, I've spent the next, the last five or so years getting pretty, you know, exploring you know techno and experimental beat music and all these things you know like listening to like underground resistance and Juan Atkins and all that kind of Detroit stuff so I was like I was a little nervous it was going to come off as a little bit um I don't know quaint or uh referential in all the wrong ways you know just kind of dated maybe yeah just like dated because like you know there's like this whole trope of like these bands find out about these bands and then they just kind of get obsessed with them and rip them off and can never do it as, you know, as well as the other bands. And I'm not saying this is like better than underground resistance or better than Detroit techno, like the classics and stuff. It's its own, it's definitely its own thing. And, um, and I was just so relieved that it, it just still bangs from like start to finish and just like holds up pretty immensely, you know? And I think knowing that I know more about techno and, um, you know, synth music and things like that and listen to a lot of labels like Posh Isolation and uh, Lies Records, Bank Records, um, what's the other one, uh, Hospital Records, all these like record labels that kind of dabble in, this is more on the poppy end of it, but they kind of dabble in that kind of like kind of deconstructed techno and dance music, it's a little bit darker. So I definitely have like an ear, more of an ear for it too. And that just made me, you know, appreciate it more because um yeah just it's just the construction of everything is just so honed in and so like tight and um efficient you know and and i think that's part of their artistry is like being you know like you know it's not corny but like a knife you know just like this just like extremely sharp and well-made piece of tool and yeah, and it and it bangs too. It's like aside from all the seriousness of it, it like has really sick pop hooks, and um, has really sick you know bass drops and all those kind of tropes of dance music and things that they layer into it. But what carries it throughout and kind of makes those parts like um, the payoffs of those parts are kind of just these deeper experimental passages. You know, these dreamier landscapes. I feel like there's like no, you're saying like Kate Bush. I feel I feel like there's definitely kind of that surrealist kind of dream pop element to it it's done in a little bit more mechanical of a way um but i feel like it's all there and i feel like you can even hear 
you know, kind of like the folklore of like Swedish and Scandinavian music, but like they mm-hmm. update it and make it more like futuristic and like pull from this like cast of characters that is more contemporaneous. Um, yeah, the character stuff is cool. Like, cause you don't associate. Yeah, cause it's it's totally dance un- music. It's not with needed, like, but it's like it, it it's like its own thing, and it like makes it super unique. Yeah, where she inhabits a character on some of these songs, like it's kind of yeah. cool, which kind of makes sense for their persona because they're like masked, so it's kind of like they're already in character, anyways. Yeah, totally. And so, but actually, like being able to jump from character to character just like it makes way more possibilities rather than beholden to like this. Oh, I am this artist, and I have to represent myself the same way every time. But it's like no, each song they're kind of. It's just like a template and they kind of just mold yeah. into like shout out different Probably versions our, of themselves. Our second best album we've covered with the mask MF doom. Oh yeah. They're, yeah. Yeah. Totally a masked mask bands. Yeah. They're keeping that um, weirdo masked uh, yeah. band leader legacy alive. Yeah. We're, we're, we'll be doing Iowa by um, Slipknot at some point. Too, <laughs> so, um, you know, we're a mask pro mask. <laughs> Wear your masks, everyone. Yeah, don't listen, and don't boy, listen to the CDC. Don't listen to fucking Fauci and Daft Punk. Shit. Yeah, Daft Punk. Who do we got left for the great masked artist? Uh, we could do a shock. Uh, G. We could do That'd subtract. That dude wore the mask, right? A oh, shocky. Yeah. Uh, he wore the fake nose. It's kind of like a mask. Rest mm-hmm. in peace. The Groucho. Yeah. The Groucho marks uh, of hip hop. We can do Mushroom Head. <laughs> Buckethead wears a mask, right? Buckethead wears the bucket on his head that also works as a mask. Well, he wears like the the yeah, like it's like a geisha drama uh, mask or whatever. Yikes! I bet you if he took (laughs) off that mask, he probably looks surprisingly just like a white blank mask. I'd be crazy if you saw that dude walking down the street unmasked and you just knew it was Buckethead. You're like, that yeah, has to be Buckethead. That has to be him. Like in West LA or something. You're like, so that, that's got to be Buckethead. Just like with the hair, just the whole vibe. But uh, yeah, back to this. Um, yeah, I, I was just like, I was super stoked. I kept like listening to it. I, I listened to it a little bit later uh, in the week. So I was like, oh, I got to catch up. And it was just, it was not a chore at all. It was, like, it was an absolute fucking joy. Every time I put it on and um, yeah, just enjoy it and just like go on like that journey with them and like kind of relive all the different, you know, fun times I had listening to this album. And um, yeah, and I was just caught by a lot of different elements of it. Like you were saying, just the way that they construct like the drum programming and how that is like the un- it's undergirded by just Jesus like droney synth pieces and um, just how they stack things on top of each other and bury certain layers and then drag them back up and uh to like really drive it home yeah it's just like the kind of par excellence on that yeah and And um sorry no no go ahead no i was just saying you're talking about how they use those elements i think that's always a trick that dance you know i i hate saying just like dance music because that's like so vague but like electronic dance music there's all those tricks that you can do that hip hop does it as well, where there's an expected sound, like the build up and then the drop, like, you know, the yeah, it's little teasers yeah. or the little like of the drums, you know, those pro cause it's programmed drumming and synths, Right. So like they know how to do those little tricks 
but they don't, it's not purely reliant on like just the live crowd, the RPM trickery that you see in a lot of uh, dance music, which is, you know, you want to hear that, but you also want to hear somebody subvert it or do it very confidently and, you know, flip the script a little bit. Yeah. It kind of like surprise you and kind of get you off your shit a little bit. And um, even though you like, you're saying there's a certain formula to it and it's literally programmed Yeah, the formula, but the way to like work within those constraints is like, I think that's the most impressive, but they are part of it. And um, it's very cinematic. Yeah, totally. totally. Writing a a movie and Adrian, I think, you mentioned in the in their influences they they are they were influenced by a bunch of filmmakers and stuff like yeah and there's the aki karismaki that guy karismaki uh, david lynch yeah. um Definitely. it's very cinematic yeah donnie darko I, was a, a movie that they name track oh shout out mass have they done a film score before i think they should because they should uh, yeah i i think i they mean could they could do they like definitely a prestige tv show for sure they could do like ari aster's next movie like <laughs> starring the knife did you know what speaking of <laughs> movies have you guys ever heard the little uh curio that um like when james cameron was making terminator like people are like is it a horror movie is it a science fiction movie and he he had his own term for it and he what called it, it techno war and that's like the name oh, of the yeah. club where oh, there's like yeah. the shootout. So he's like, no, that's what they are. They're tech noir movies. And I was like, fucking the knife. <laughs> like probably heard that at some <laughs> point they're like, huh. call, like we him. could be yeah. that band playing in that shootout scene. <laughs> like, this but, yeah. album could have been called tech noir. Tech noir. Yeah. And you oh, know yeah. exactly what they're talking about. Um, because it has like, you know, like good noir is like the tension you know and there's just like the seething uh, like yeah. r- like light and shadows yeah man. totally and there's like the <laughs> seething like rage under this whole album you know um that kind of comes bubbles up at different points and, and homegirl's the femme fatale there we go there we go <laughs> she's the femme fatale and what's the, her name and I'm the sorry, private I dick forgetting her name uh aaron dreyer aaron yeah. she's the yeah femme fatale. so yeah, to, yeah, I feel like emotionally it there's like you know, there's this like kind of sense of longing, but yeah, there's also just anger and fucking like and that goes back to like the political things and like kind of the the claustrophobic urban quality of it too. Um yeah, and um yeah, from I just yeah, I really really enjoyed this and I'll just leave it at that and um I really think we're all eager to probably uh you know, jump into some uh, some bangers. So yeah, just going to slap it off. One thing, one last thing I'll slap mention is that I'm glad that you brought up the cinematic aspect of it, Noah, because in listening to this, um, and for whatever reason, I recently rewatched uh, the Matrix trilogy and then and the Crow, and I feel like bo- both those movies, like this this album, for could some be reason, in both those because movies. you're you took you got red pilled, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, more Matrix like green pill, documentary, bro. everyone. <laughs> uh I, it was more that i was green pilled i got really stoned and i was oh, like yeah. oh this, this ate, looks fun. you ate something of the uh <laughs> cannabis sativa varietal yeah you but, make an you edible know. that looks like one of those little green balls from the rock <laughs> hell yeah when was the last time sick. you ate an actual rice krispie treat that was non-marijuana oh. it's been a while they, they make those I know. So you guys like you gotta add the weed, ma. 
Um, but I was just going to say that like this, like I could totally picture one of these tracks, like, you know, um, like silent shout being busted out in like the, the club scene in the matrix or whatever, the first matrix. Oh dude, Adrian, the whole time I listened to that first song, I was thinking, I was like, was this in a movie? Cause it does. It reminded me of like the beginning of like bad boys or something where they're doing that like, <laughs> cocaine heist out of like the the police lockup in Miami, something like that yeah. I was like, was this in that movie hackers? I know, the, <laughs> I know the timeline doesn't make sense, but it was like, this is like a nineties. Somebody's getting heisted in the nineties. That's what that first <laughs> song sounded like. Yeah. Well, let's get totally. into it. Yeah. Let's jump in right into it. Um, okay. There speaking of slap so i kind of went ahead and looked at everyone's notes why don't we just talk about the one that's on all of our lists because i think it's a pretty central banger to this whole album what is it and correct me if i'm wrong we all have we share our mother's heart on here fuck oh so kev in my notes i'm looking at it right now as a slapper no ultimate slapper oh shit no I even gave it a better qualifier and i think mia past episode could jump on this track and i think the rapture could jump on this track as well why don't we get why don't we converge our own super group once we get big enough and we'll send a challenge out to all the bands we've covered start a super group prove to us that super groups don't have to be fucking trash do your we are the world we could use a little charity yeah and just raise money for us because you know i last night i checked there wasn't like a ton of like you know problems in the world right now so i mean like we're, we're in a pretty good place you know they can yeah. just throw some money it's to like some Bradford Cox to some. Uh, we are the world. He's like the Dylan, just like <laughs> completely checked out. Just like oh, what? All yeah, right. Adrian. That's on your list too, right, Adrian? Yeah. Uh, yeah. This one and this one has always been one of the standouts to me on this record. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and if you had a time uh, stamp for it, we can we can roll with that. Just play the whole fucking song. <laughs> Uh, I have for that. Have That's where we'll get the We Are the World together to um, pay all our clearance fees. This song eats Evan Essence lunch. It's like this is how you do this type of music. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, on that, <laughs> that was, note, that was left field. On that note, here is we share our mother's health. Save me. I love those little drum fills that yeah like, yeah sprinkled that, throughout yeah a little like that a, MIA vibe kind of totally and then like they're now it's like we come from the north and shit it's like it's like they're announcing there you know where they're at um keeping it local but yeah it has like that sick elastic beat it's just like bouncing all over the place and um I don't well, know there's it, a part killed the Evan Evanescence thing I was saying there's a part where they do like those house vocals thing where it's like this epic pop song mm-hmm. that i think like you know bands like t-a-t-u or whatever like that tattoo Euro, <laughs> tattoo trash crap 
like you know like novel yeah songs. yeah we're just like overly maudlin yeah, and, yeah they do yeah. it they do it so much better dramatic it's, it's so much that has more depth to it because that that's all like drama kid shit you know <laughs> yeah like. i got over vibes <laughs> yeah. i actually i have another section that i think that that kind of is playing on what we're saying here but it's, yeah, go to the evanescence part yeah <laughs> it's not Save it's not really it. not necessarily the evanescence part but it, there's some the, i really like the vocal layering on the kind of the back half of the song here Fuck yeah. Catchy as fuck. <sighs> so Catchy good. little number. But like right there, you get a great example of how they're, what they're doing with the vocals. Like she's basically, you know, singing with herself. I mean, she's not basically, she is singing with herself, but it feels so like, even though like you could tell it's like a treated vocal, her, like her vocals treated to be like the kind of more masculine sounding, uh, it just works. And like the production, the, just the way everything is kind of, just in its right place it's yeah it's an absolute fucking banger totally yeah and it's and it's straightforward too you know like some of these other tracks right. it's like they have a little bit more extendo um you know like kind of soundscapey stuff but yeah this one just like hits it from the from the drop and just like keeps it driving yeah, and it has those bouncy synths. It's like almost like Miami Sound Machine. Yeah, style. and I think it's like it's a, their most worldly song too. Like because, that freestyle sound. Yeah, and some of like what they kind of sacrifice, like for the kind of the coldness or like the processedness of it. You don't really hear a lot of like Caribbean rhythms or like other, you know, um, yeah, for lack of a better world, like you know, world music in it. But this, like the combination, the way that they layer those beats and like the sequencing on all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of has a you know a global a global feel to it. Totally, yeah, I put it totally important notes. for dance music. Yeah, when I was listening to this, I put in my notes, mood twenty twenty one. I just want to be left alone, and I want to <laughs> fucking dance. Shout out! I just want to be left alone. Um, my new catchphrase. Yeah, check out Noah's uh, manifesto that will be coming out. It, don't worry, Trust. it's not one of those kinds of manifestos. That was a uh, wifey's corner. She's like, he just wants to be left alone. I wish to be left alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, I wish to be left <laughs> alone. That's my mood, dude. This song, this is my 2021 anthem, Dancing on My Own, Robin style. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Sweden. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should do, what's that, Body Talk? That album's a fucking banger. Sometimes oh, I'll get I'm drunk. Sure we'll get... I'll get drunk solo or Shout just out. happen to be drunk by myself, and I'll just, like, put that album on just like on repeat and it's Dude, a good time yeah it it gets i mean it gets the the blood going in a way like she's just yeah she she's a pop princess for sure we will i'm sure we'll get yeah. we'll get to to rob definitely gets the blood glowing going yeah on, we yeah. gotta do that what is it body talk or whatever yeah body tar part one one like that. Part two yeah. yeah yeah shit rules all right. Oh, see, um, uh, so that's one we another sh- one. Yeah, that's the one we share. Um, there's one me and Noah disagree on, so we'll kind of do that on the back end. Uh, Adrian, what do you got for a banger? Stand uh, let's see. There's one me and Adrian disagree on as well. 
Ooh. Oh yeah, well, uh, this album's mm-hmm. all about conflict, but it's all about resolution. You know, oh, I think that might be well. the same one that we all. I think me and Caleb agree on that, and then you're you're the um, the outlier. You're the outlier. Um, so we'll talk about that one last. But there's uh, t- silent shout. I think is a great um, yeah a great track. Uh, I mean, it's a good, it, it's a good titty track, you know. <laughs> it's it's got that track. white lines intro. Yeah, it's like ooh, it almost sounds like that. How much do you think a bag of coke is in Stockholm? Or they're from Yothenburg. Never mind. But still, two thousand kroner euro. <laughs> I think it's so they, expensive. They, they got the kroner out there. It's always uh, too expensive anywhere, but yeah. in Sweden, it's probably like you got to be a billionaire. That's a lot of movement. <laughs> We're right under Bolivia or whatever there. It's a far away from Colombia. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think that like to start, especially starting off the record with this track, um, and it is one of the singles, uh, one of the four singles, but I think to start off so strongly, uh, and it also it's kind of like, it's another, another intro song that kind of sets up the sounds of the rest of the record. Like totally. everything that's going on here is going to be, not that they repeat themselves, but they, like it, it's the template of like, you know, the the really cool drum beat, the 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 you know the the synth lines that are working over it and intertwining at times, or you know, standing out at times, and then you know her vocal takes, um, and then you know whatever affectation they have on that. But uh, I think it just it all comes together here on the first track, and then it just you know. From then on, it just they've hit it out the park. Um, but here's a little bit of silent shout. Uh, but before we get to that, do you guys have anything? I love the intro to this song. Yeah. And uh yeah, it kind of has like a daft punk vibe. Mm. Yeah, totally. It's like uh it's just a good uh yeah, like call from the mountaintop. This is what we're gonna be doing. Yeah, great opening track. Yeah, and then they just kind of hold tight to that mission the entire time. So that's all, that's 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 what I want personally, yeah. especially like on a dance album. This um, podcast has taught us anything. Your first track, make that a statement. It's your first impression when you yeah. meet somebody. Yeah. Set, don't give me a limp ass handshake. <laughs> Kick don't that tell door a, open. Don't tell a bad joke. Don't give me one of those deer hoof fuck uh, or deer hunter soundscapes. <laughs> we will never get it right. <laughs> I don't um, want a landscape. I want a an interior let me in <laughs> right away yeah, i want interiors baby john cassavetes i just watched mini and moskowitz today actually oh nice save um, that for the cassavetes pod cassavetes pod. i bet there's at least six oh our, our cassavetes, cassavetes what's our take on cassavetes our cassavetes oh, nice. oh yeah we'll spin it off on the uh, <laughs> keep it indie uh Shout out but gray on the Keep It Indie podcast network. <laughs> <laughs> hey, nice. trademark. Trademark. Pa- patent pending. <laughs> but anyways, here's here is Silent Shout.
And then already there with that first verse that she's getting into like the, the body stuff and aging and whatever, like it's already kind of out the gate. This is what this is about. It's fucking yeah, great. hundred percent. I do yeah. want to issue an apology. I said interiors was Cassavetti's movie. That's it's from a fucking Allen. monster. Um, oh, from a different monster. I thought of that too. Cause... Yeah, my, my bad. That was, was it him trying to do Cassavetti's? No, oh, maybe. it was him trying to do Bergman. Oh, there you go. Right. Shout yeah, out Sweden. Right. Sweden. Shout out Sweden. Uh, but no, also tried to do Cassavetes. Okay. <laughs> Singular. <laughs> okay. Uh, shout out Woody Allen. I hope you go to hell. He's a great clarinet player. Come on. <laughs> I'm only I a fan. Know. My I'm only problem fan of his it. jazz. My problem we'll with him, I just don't Adrian. like his That's movies. That's spinoff podcast. Me and Adrian, <laughs> we're doing every one of. Woody Allen's Dixie, Dixieland <laughs> jazz album. Yeah, because that shows you oh, have a great boy. understanding of what jazz music is and like the possibilities of jazz music. That that's what that's what you land on. Grew up in New York your whole fucking life. You have all this money to buy jazz records. And you're like, you know what the best version of it is? Dixieland, obviously. <laughs> so strange. <laughs> Such a weird, weird flex, bro. Yeah, he's kind of a weird <laughs> dude, right? I just oh. don't like his movies. That's my problem with him. <laughs> Um, all right. so yeah what take it out. <laughs> keep it in uh, double it all right now my my go slapper yeah, yeah give us hit us okay i'm tied i love the first four songs so we already Strong. talked, we Strong, already talked about silent shout we already talked about uh we share our mother's health so let's do i think adrian and i share the captain as a slapper oh yeah yeah so let's do Neverland. Shout out old my old employer, Neverland Ranch. <laughs> um, on but not forgotten. The second song on this album. You know, we were talking about how this she kind of has like a Kate Bush sound to her, but listen to the the vocal performance on this song in particular. I got a Cindy Lauper vibe. Like Ooh, a very new wave kind of Cindy Lauper. So peculiar, unusual. <laughs> My favorite wrestler, unusual Cindy Lauper. Caleb, dude, you're doing interiors. You're doing. I know. I said we share our mother's unusual. heart. I'm like one word <laughs> off. Caleb, before you say anything on this podcast, have your Wikipedia page on your phone and then fact check it, please. You know what it is? Is I'm sober. I think that's my. <laughs> uh, oh, has... if we're doing, if we're issuing corrections, I'd like to say that the uh, deep purple song that kicks ass from last pod is in fact Highway Star, not uh, what I said, which was something else. Oh yes, we got sued for that. <laughs> All right, and uh, shout out D Max gets greased uh, playlist coming soon to all you guys out there this weekend. Um, Keep an ear out for it. But Neverland off this album, Silent Shout, I think has big 80s synths, synth vibes. And uh, yeah, see if you uh, notice like the Cindy Lauper vibe, new wave stuff. But it's like a pounding beat. I think this song's great. Yeah, I agree. Caleb, you got any thoughts? I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a banger. There's not a dull moment on this record, so. No, there's yeah, not. It's never boring. I'm with you guys on this through and through. Cool. Well, here's a little bit of Neverland.
yeah, okay. I kind of see. Totally what you're hear that. Money, yeah. money kind of like the yeah, the over pronouncing things. And the yeah. other thing I hear, it's based very on, passionate. It's just yeah. like I'm, yeah, I'm like I'm from Queens, but you're gonna hear me, Manhattan. They're I'm like from I'm the from Queens Sweden, of Gothenburg. And you're gonna hear me, New York. You know, it's very like yeah. listen to me. Yeah, it's very polemic. Um, and the other thing I heard, at least with those beats, it that does sound like the Donnie Darko soundtrack. Not <laughs> yeah. like one particular song from it, but like I totally get I totally get that. Because you hear like Donnie Darker and you're like, oh god, do they what like, is it? The have they not seen other movies or whatever? Crow's version of the Tears for Fear song. Is that on? <laughs> no, that's Bad. actual Bad uh, one. It's uh Gary Jules is the, the uh, guy that does that one. I thought it was the yeah. Counting Crows version. They all well, they you know, I think that's the only cover version on the record, but they have the uh the there's a lot of good drops on that record and i uh on that soundtrack and i could totally picture these guys slotting right in between you know joy division and fucking echo and the bunny man or whatever yeah yeah totally the, the church it's all up in that yeah yeah fucking killer song um so should do you guys want to go into where we're where we kind of divert or because i got some like um I call it Caleb's minor Bob corner um, <laughs> because this is kind of my tendency. I, I kind of like the more in, not interstitial, but I like the more like, I don't know, downtrodden songs. Typically I find like that's happening more and more on like when we review these albums. Um, I think I just like things a little bit more austere, but um, there's this, this like duo of songs towards the back end of this album. And that's the um, from off to on and forest families um, and off to on is a slapper. Yeah. And I totally had I remember both of these songs because I remember the lyric in one of them is like we want control of our bodies and I used to think it was a Fugazi cover because that's like a Fugazi line at some point um I don't know if that's a reference to it but um so I thought both of these songs in my kind of my memory that they had these like quiet intros and then they just went to full-on bangers but that's what actually they don't that's what actually I like about these songs is it's all tension and you know mystery and it it's not counterbalanced by some like drop and that's like what um yeah and that's kind of what makes you uneasy in, in a good way so um yeah these are like minor songs they don't really definitionally don't fit what we're talking about when we talk about a slapper but to me you know they, they bop in, in in the way that i that i you know want music yeah. to bop these days caleb mm -hmm. the so the song number eight from off to on i had that as a slapper as well yeah, absolutely. I think it's a good old fashioned TV rots the brain song. All yeah. uh you know, the Springsteen 57 channels, nothing's on song. <laughs> uh yeah. television rules the nation. <laughs> Shout out Daft Punk. And they also talk about celebrity culture, which in 2006, before we had like influencers it was it was like the um vh1 style celebrity like the famous for being famous like i yeah, think they're kind of like your debutantes this, this song maybe dates the album in a weird way but i think it's still a slapper yeah but i think also like us not being european like their tabloid like media <laughs> culture there is really fucking weird and i think like vh1 and all that shit from that era was actually us trying to like squeeze in on like the European style, like yeah, that celebrity, like, um, you know, tabloids and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, if we could get a little, um, 
but also speaking of tv i like pro tv songs like tv party um that's where i stand on it. <laughs> that's also like TV. we're checking out yeah totally television <laughs> but yeah let's get a little taste of a um from off to on and then if you want to just go in a little taste of a forest families too which is the next song um which is just the fucking creepy little sing songy play those songs <laughs> um yeah i i i agree caleb like this it's interesting because like th these two songs are basically sandwiched between a couple of like more upbeat banger songs yeah but they really work towards the end of the totally. record yeah um but I, yeah i like both i didn't have them on my list but they're definitely tracks that i especially out on these listens uh they definitely have grown on me quite a bit uh, yeah. so here's a little bit of from off to on Kind of like a Twin Peaks vibes too. Totally, <laughs> yeah. totally some Angelo vibes. Yeah, um, and also it kind of reminds me a little bit of like menu music, like menu music from a cool video game or something. Like the, the yeah, yeah, totally. Like a cave level or something. It's like yeah. kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, because it has that like yeah, that damp, like kind of like drippy. Yeah, like, totally. Sound. Um. But yeah, and there's actually I think there's a kind of kind of few video game esque vibes on here, mm -hmm. um, but not overtly so, uh, not chip tuny or anything. But right, definitely some of those some of those more like um, fuzzy kind of synth textures for sure. Absolutely. Uh, but here here's a little bit of Forest Families, the other uh, the other minor bop here. gotta get out of here the demigorgon's coming <laughs> totally game over man <laughs> i think it was his birthday today oh yeah r.i.p this forest families yeah 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 that's a great track yeah that that, that those synth kind of like kind of vangelis tangerine dream vibe that's like that's always gonna always gonna get me off you know in a serious way it's Whoa. like just a little hey I'm, <laughs> I'm being honest man i'm horny for this album but yeah it's always like that's right in my wheelhouse you know that kind of shit fuck yeah i love that yeah. like, like yeah the kind okay, of okay they called this thing. music wheelhouse <laughs> oh nice dude oh, they're like boy. listeners are like <laughs> so into this music some would say it's in their wheelhouse <laughs> Or did you ever go to those shows? Those mm. it was really revolutionary, man. There was the garage, but there was also the wheelhouse back. Well, wheelhouse was like a house yeah. that was actually from Akron, Ohio, because they're famous for making rubber and tires. Yeah, so man. that was like a yeah, wheelhouse it was like Akron style techno. It was where it was all invented. Akron style techno. <laughs> Beautiful Akron, Ohio. Shout King James. Adrian, do you got or I got another slapper that I think we share, Adrian. It, which one is that? The captain. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I think for me, I'll let you uh, talk a little bit about it, but um, I just want, want to say that for me, it's kind of a similar thing to Caleb, the the kind of the, the mini bangers where it's like more of a textural kind of song or like a, at least the first half is um yeah, kind of more atmospheric before it gets into the kind of back half, which is more uh, more drum 
focused. Um, but yeah, I really love the vibes of this, um, the, the first half of it. And then it, and then it, the, um, once the drums and everything comes in, yeah, this, it's just a great track and there's some great synth lines on here, but, uh, yeah. What are your thoughts now? Well, I love just what you said. You mentioned the intro. It has this yeah. totally minimalist intro. That's like a, uh, soundscape and, um, but it, it, it plays on the the techno where you know the beat's going to drop, but it plays on your expectation because it the beat doesn't drop until about like a minute 45 into this song. And before that, you get this droney, like, and it goes on and on, and it really adds a layer of texture. And then the beat drops, and it's like it's so confident where they like trust, like, we're going to drag this out and be like kind of a an ambient part yeah totally and i think that's what i really love about this song and the album in general is they trust the listener to like go along with that you know rather than just supplying everyone with like yeah kind of these sugary hooks or things or just like drop them being doing the obvious thing but to actually like give things like breathing room and like let some kind of noxious vibes into things you know Um, really just i don't know creates a more uh holistic art piece if we could hear like the drop, I think it's like around a minute 45. And then there's also like towards the end of the song, there's like this section that s- sounds like a Houston beat. Like it sounds like a UGK or something. It sounds like, like uh, that D4L song, the shake that Laffy Taffy. They, they <laughs> have this real woozy bass. Oh song. yeah. I know. It's like the Laffy Taffy. It's like literally yeah. like if a Laffy Taffy, like you hit it against a co- contact mic, that's what it would sound like. Yeah. But if we could hear the drop, because I love how they they tease you on this song. So like maybe a minute 45 or something. All right. Here's some of the captain. Kind of like Eno, Ambien. I think the drop's a little lighter, so I'll try to get to that. But uh, in my notes, I had that that was like Blade Runner vibes. Yeah. For, uh, I think it's around here for the drop. Let's see. I thought it was a minute 47 or something, but maybe I... Yeah, there you go. I'm the captain now. <laughs> this ain't a knife. This... It's the noise. It's kind of astounding that her vocals never get obnoxious, even though they they have that, like, it's almost changes them just enough on every song, too, where it's like there's she doesn't really have the same programming or treatment on each of it it's like a little bit different so it's never like oh there's that annoying voice again it's like it's slightly unfamiliar each time and adrian i think the beat drops like three times on this song that's why i was like that's when like the lyrics drop i think the time i told you but but yeah i got i have um 
sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and then uh, just that around the five, like twenty mark is like that a real like woozy kind of Houston trap rap type beat. Here is a little bit of that. James Murphy, eat your heart out. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the whole album. The Captain is probably the song I return to just because that that section, I love that fucking little bass line that they do right there. It's good. And then when she they bring in the the vocal over it, it's it's really satisfying for sure. Yeah, 100%. All right, cool. I, I mean, man, we covered so many of these songs, but... um. Yeah, let's just talk about where we diverge because I mean, and that's on Marble House. Um, yeah, you know, um, which is also a, a genre too. Is that what we're doing? Yeah, Marble <laughs> House, Marbled House. Is that Italian, Italian style house? Right, marble's big there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, I mean, I I really enjoy this song. I think it is, um, you know, it kind of encapsulates what's really great about this album it you know has a nice mixture of the kind of the more aggro style heavier beats um but then it has like that kind of sweeter dreamier element to it um and it has a narrative quality which is throughout this album but i think like this song like really uh drives that home and uh, i think the vocals are fucking killer and uh yeah i mean i i i don't want to speak for you know but is it kind of the bjorky kind of yeah, it's like a, that like kind of gets maybe you know rubs you the wrong way a little bit. It sounded too much like a Bjork knockoff, and it gave me too much like Eurovision like song contest vibes. And yeah, then, see, that's no what I shade like on about, Eurovision. I mean, but that's ABBA what I like about this song because a lot of the European dance music, there's always this little shade of darkness to all of it you know yeah, it also and, gave me like and this band and like they they, they recognize <laughs> it because it's like part of their evanescence from like the midwest the i know yeah. it gave me that essence that <laughs> yeah evanescence. <laughs> evanescence nice but know, um, it sounds like a celine dion could sing this song yeah celine dion sounds like a song they should have wrote for a pop star which is a lot of that the they do a lot of that in sweden um <laughs> that's true yeah, it's like the Backstreet Boys and all that shit. Um, you gotta but do ABBA one of these days, for sure. Oh, yeah, but I feel like I was saying that it's like I feel like a lot of that Euro techno disco shit. There's always like a little bit of like weirdness and darkness to it, and this this band like grew up with it and realized then it's like, oh, we're gonna draw that out and put it in a song like this. And yeah, it's like corny and campy, but I think it's so like self aware of that, and it's like you know metatextual. When it comes to that kind of Eurovision, yeah. Euro trashy Just kind of stuff. Two, two Euro for me. Two Euro. All right. Well, let's hear a little bit of this. It's 
just it's not my tempo, man. I don't know. I yeah, I can see that. I I'll let you uh, go in a second, Gail. But I just want to say that um, I like the kind of mid tempo. I mean, mid tempo songs are kind of my jam. But especially, I like I don't know. There's like a dark cabaret vibe to this song that it's kind of cheesy, but it totally works too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's uh, it's kind of like what that fucking band the dresden dolls tries to do but th- does it shittily, <laughs> shittily you know yeah i heard the best description of that stuff is called twizzy and i, <laughs> I heard on a podcast they just called like like dresden dolls all that kind of like it's it's like roller derby kind of shit too i don't yeah. know it's not quite it's steampunk really it's not quite rockabilly right it's just twizzy and it's just like it's, you know i just know what it is when i hear it yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. Like, and I like one of you know a couple of their records, but this just blows that out of the water. Like, it this is what that is trying to accomplish. Um, but go yeah. ahead, Caleb. What what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I just c- c- to animate what I was gonna say is, um, can we go to like the the chorus at like 150 onto the the um like the mill where the mill vocal drop comes in? Um, cause, uh, yeah, because that changes things up a bit. Kind of gets it out of that moodier first part of the song. Yeah, so here is a bit of the chorus. Seems like Madonna would jump on this track in 2006 with her fake accent. Pure mood. Pure moods vibes. For sure. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and actually, I'm, I'm going to let it play a little longer so we get some of the male vocals in here. Uh, who's JJ Johansson, the aforementioned? Sounds like too horny for me or something. <laughs> Very horny. Too much yeah. longing. Too much longing. <laughs> I've heard that. Do I've, it already. I've heard allegedly, like what this song is like, allegedly, I've heard it's like the hour and 45 um, minutes into like two ecstasy pills, allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Agreed. Get kind of a sweaty. Come down song. Very <laughs> yeah. Halfway through uh, the album, you got to give, give the kids a break. um yeah and i I like one thing i like about that is the vocals especially the male vocals there is that it's there's some clarity there yeah um which is a nice uh which plays nicely off of for more manipulated vocals and it's kind of a nice breath of fresh air for sure in the middle and it it totally is horny though it's like lecherous and you're like oh yeah it kind of makes you uncomfortable like who is this dude just kind of like slinking around the corner like kind of giving you like the finger come here thing and it's it like kind of gave me like that Gautier vibe song like what was that song Gautier remember that guy yeah that's what i'm saying though that, like, what was they, that fucking song that song was huge take you to church well don't remind no, me no that that was hosier remember it Gautier was um, okay, i can't keep up with all this it was that one with a video and he's fucking god damn it it's like come here little person and then the girl's like no i don't want to come there to somebody that i used to know Oh yeah, yes. there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and then oh, like the woman's sucks. voice comes in. She's like, "You are somebody I knew." I, it's kind of catchy. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All those bands are they're just afraid to be creepy Europeans. The the fucking knife isn't. They're like, whatever, this is our fucking heritage. Yeah. Was that everything? What else? Pretty much. I mean, I don't I didn't find anything whack on this album. Like nothing. I wouldn't, you know. Do you want to highlight one more song, Adrian? You pick one. Yeah. I mean, since all we're right. both all 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 of us are stoked on this album. So one more song is definitely I'll awesome. call out I will call out two more and I'll play but I'll play one of them. So uh, one hit is another song I like a lot. I especially like the the yeah. line, like the Corleone's uh, just that every time I hear that, I'm like, that's fucking great. So um, weird. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> that was like, uh, I think what Fiona Apple wanted her last album to sound like was the, that song. One hit. Uh, well, you know what? Kinda Fuck like it. Let's just happen. Yeah, <laughs> never take a, a chance bit. to shit on Fiona, too. You know, <laughs> yeah. rapping and trapping. We'll get to her. We'll get to her. Um, but I'll, I'm gonna. Pl- I'll just play the like the Corleone's bit because I think it's great. Oh yeah. That song was yeah, kind of a rules. hit, though, right? Uh, I don't know if it was. I think the four. I, I think like off it, the top it was of my a head, single at least. Off the top of my head, the four singles were "Silent Shout," uh, "Mother's Health," "Marble House," and "Like a Pen," I believe. I don't know if one hit was oh, okay. um, was one of them, but actually, that was uh, one that, hit they did not have. It's catchy oh. as hell. It is super catchy, and the and the beat is just is fantastic. But the other, actually, that that brings up the other one that I want to talk about, like a pen, um, which I think is another absolute banger. Um, and I'm just gonna play the chorus here, but um, the whole track is great. Uh, there's like a there's some really great synth lines here, but when you hear this chorus, you're gonna be you're gonna understand why I'm saying why it's like an ultimate like an ultimate banger here. That's a banger. Hell yeah. So good. Um, but I just it kind of sounds know. like Mew. The Apple oh, yeah. finger in jail. Mew. Totally. Definitely, yes. And I think that's a good record that's kind of it's in a similar vibe, kind of industrial is the wrong word, but kind of the similar kind of take on on sort of more like cold harsh. I mean, harsh. I wouldn't say yeah. industrial is is a bad thing. I think no, 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 it's not, but I think that's too far in the kind of um, yeah direction that direction but yeah it, it's it, right. it's all kind of coming from the same kind of dark kind of place dark cold place but yeah. I, I and also i think i really like that that song sounds really like 90s like very 90s kind of techno music it, it, that one really reminds me it's of like, like early T-A-T-U. bjork <laughs> uh, i was gonna say bjork but if tattoo yeah sure um dude that was crazy they used to make out like who oh yeah scandal russian schoolgirls, dude that was oh, it was man. not contrived whatsoever it was very much <laughs> nope. what they were into yep. <laughs> the 90s were not just a surreal hellscape at all 
You know what's crazy about the nineties? They went well in they went the nineties ended in like two thousand four. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I would say like two thousand two. I think two thousand three is kind of where things switched. Is still, in my eyes. That's like but still too years long. for one yeah. decade. That's like it's a long tail to be dragging. <laughs> I think it was like Justin Timberlake. He's he should have been famous in the nineties, but somehow he was famous in the two thousands. <laughs> he's so like he, catching he, up. He dragged the '90s aesthetic with him somehow. I yeah. blame I blame him. That's dude, you're onto something. Your uh, ideas intrigue me. I wish to subscribe to your newsletter. Uh, All right, right on. Next? Sweet, yeah, we amply well, cover that album. That so like, eleven songs. I think it's like, yeah, like pretty much like nine and a half slappers so not yeah not a bad ratio yeah I, I would say yeah it goes maybe 10 out of 11 11 for 11 yeah it's up there for sure yeah well speaking of ratings numbers out of numbers let's give this album our earnest ratings uh i give Who's it has got a number i'll give it a 8.9 nice oh, nice wow Maybe, nah, fuck it. I'll give it a 9.0. Oh, shit. There we go. There we go, Noah. Well, fuck. You took my, that was going to be my, <laughs> that was going to be my uh, my rating as well. I think 8.6 is, is pretty good, but just, I think this is just slightly better than that. I think that that 9.0 is right, right about where it should be because it's, it's not, it's hard to say that any record's perfect, but it's pretty fucking close, and uh, it just—it's too good. I—it—it I, it doesn't. Yeah, it. I don't think less than a nine is is anywhere accurate. So I'm just gonna say nine as well. And um, you know, I'm all about conformity, so I'm gonna give it a nine too because you invert Ooh, nine at six six six. So let's yeah. add it up to some. Oh, it's gonna be a hard got? one. Uh, <laughs> Six and <laughs> we have an average of nine. <laughs> yeah, shocking nine, baby. Yeah, good, good score. Solid. Hell score. yeah. Glad we had consensus. You know, is um, that the first time we've had consensus? Completely. Consensus? I think so. I think no, we've gotten really close. MF Doom was ten. Uh, we, oh, well, I gave it an eleven yeah. out of ten, though. I gave oh, it true. eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I gave it a lot. One of the only times. <laughs> Not yeah. you. MIA was pretty universal, but yeah, I mean, and we've right. all, we've been pretty close on all of these. Well, Not always, there's, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, there's only one true uh, true test left for this. Yeah. This um. Whew, this is a tough one. Um. <laughs> man. Smooth yeah. Scale, smooth scale, baby. baby. How do you even compare these? Um, they're both greasy, sleazy, <laughs> good, good times. Like maybe say what the smooth scale is one one more time. Yeah. So, would you rather listen to the eleven tracks on this album or listen to Grammy Award winning nineteen ninety nine hit "Smooth" by Carlos Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox Twenty from the album, the Platinum album, Supernatural, an equal amount of times. I'm going to say this is the album that puts Smooth on the shelf. Whoa. Oh, wow. 
It's like move over, smooth. Yeah, it's kind of like this is already catchy. Take a break. It's, it's just like a yeah, taking a it's giving know, a me load the, off. It's giving me that bump that smooth usually gives me. I think okay. I think I'll I put disagree. on like like uh the captain next time I need a little smooth audio bump. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or never oral bump. Neverland. Oral bump. Yeah. Ear bump. I, I don't think it fits. I think Santana would be into these guys. Yeah, I think he'd like it. Oh, ear bump, dude. That'd be a good podcast network name. Ear bump. <laughs> ear bump. I'm pending. I'm pending. <laughs> Keep it indie. It's an imprint of ear bump. Welcome to ear podcast bump. records. Welcome to ear bump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, like, We've been getting a lot of mileage out of Smooth. We've been running them pretty ragged. You know, you guys, let the let the kids take over on this one. You know, we'll be back for you, Smooth. I'm sure we're gonna need you, definitely down the road. Yeah, no palate cleanser needed for this one. Yeah, something is a nice palate cleanser. Straight, no chaser, baby. Yep. There you go, Thelonious yeah. Monk style. D. A. Benny Baker and Thelonious Monk style. <laughs> and a lot of movie, a lot of movie drops this. Uh, this episode so whatever happened to this band uh they continue to make bangers right they did the fever or one of them did the fever right thing and then they came out the new album like 2013 that was their follow-up which was yeah huge and then they actually called it quits i think they went on tour shortly after that Um, they cut ties but they announced (laughs) today but yeah adrian uh it was actually friday but still pretty fucking pretty topical considering they must uh, listen well especially considering that this was a random <laughs> yeah i'm sure especially but considering, considering this was yeah this was like a random roll of the die basically <laughs> um but yeah so the i mentioned it earlier but yeah they've for the 15th anniversary they are releasing this record on vinyl i don't i don't know if there's any like deluxe you know extra songs or anything but um yeah they yeah. are doing that thing where they're fudging it though because i looked at the track listing they're making it a double album like is yes. all cds are uh, is that the thing it's just all double albums i don't like I that trend this one kind of i don't know i don't know if they're going to include extended versions of the songs or something like that would make sense but i think dance music it kind of does make sense to have things be full sides but yeah, it is kind of like really. You did the does this you know forty minute record, fifty minute record yeah, need to it's a be a bit of a cash grab, a double album. Yeah. Um. Well, it, they're not getting my cash because it's already sold out. So, uh, okay. if you are listening out there, send us uh, send us some merch, buddies. Yeah, Rabid Records, hit us up, big fans. And if they go on tour, man, if they ever play a reasonable distance from us, like I'd fucking go. I'm there, yeah. Because yeah. this stuff, I couldn't imagine hearing this live. Dude, I bust out my leather jacket. <laughs> it's got to be insane. My skinny jeans, silk dude. shirt. My silk shirt. It's got to be crazy live. It's on, here. baby. Oh yeah, but it's fucking fun as shit. Damn, that'd be cool. That'd be sick. Cool. Um, personal anecdotes. Did anybody have anything personal connections, man? No. Obviously, no. Really. Don't yeah. even know the record. Never seen live. So other than digging this album, so. Final thoughts on this um, banger of an album, like really a sleeper hit for all of us. And thank you to the supercomputer algorithm, the God algorithm for uh, selecting this album for us. It slaps. 
<laughs> yeah. Yes. You can't, there's just no denying this record. It's a, it's yeah. a through and through straight up front to back stone cold classic. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um, Noah, you got a game for us. Yes, I do. I have a game. It's called rank them. <laughs> All right. So basically I took the, uh, 2006 top 50 albums end of the year list from pitchfork their best 50 and so i'm going to give you guys two albums and you tell me uh which one was ranked higher by pitchfork on the year-end list oh okay okay there's some shockers all right here we go first things first we got jay dilla donuts never heard then of we, it and then we have man man Six Demon Bag. Oh, do you guys remember Man Man? Because I, I definitely uh, remember Man Man. I there is a um, condition. There's a condition going around called like Man Man aphasia, where you like you. Is it like Mandela effect? Is the Man yeah, Man Mandela effect? Man Mandela. <laughs> you weren't sure if Man Man was a real band, and you kind of forgot they existed. Well, I would not say... to be confused with Manford Man, right? <laughs> These aren't the blinded uh, by the light guys. No, revved Maybe. up like a douche. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I would say that yeah, they may not exist other other than the fact that we actually saw them live yeah, together. Me and Adrian. Had a wild night and are these guys are these guys uh like trapped in 2006 <laughs> they're like let me out they're like they've been playing that same like venue or something they've been playing that same venue <laughs> they in have like Santa a, Barbara they have a year long Groundhog Day <laughs> yeah I think they're actually came came out with a new record or are coming out with a new record fairly called Man Man recently. Man nobody um, cares but, but getting back to the game what do you I, think? I would say that they probably ranked I'm gonna say Dilla is higher. But I, in just based on what you're, you know, what the game is, I, I'm probably going to be shocked by by Man Man coming out like 10, 10, you know, 10 spaces higher or something. Yeah, I'm going to say Man Man. They, they rode pretty fucking hard for that band. So, Caleb, you say Man Man's ranked higher than Red Man's Caleb. ranked higher, sadly. Okay. Caleb is right. Man Man is ranked higher. But what do you think, Man Man? Where do you think they were ranked out of 50? Mm, yeah. Not top ten, not top fifteen. Probably. I think top... they're in the thirties. Yeah. What do you so think, Adrian? I'll give you. Oh. They they are they're ranked in the twenties. Mm. Ooh. Twenty six. Caleb. Twenty four three. They are they are number twenty. Whoa! Oh, wow, well, that's a lot higher than I would. So have now, it's now, a great what do you think Jay Dilla's Donuts is? Ranked? Oh God, it's mm. probably like forty-seven or something. Yeah, oh. it's like top of that God. list or bottom of that list in between which it's way you're looking fucking at it. Thirty-eight. Damn. Jeez, I think if they made this list now, Jay Dilla's Donuts would be in the top ten. Be like it would be one. top three. Yeah, yeah, would be up yeah. Top that's insane. Thirty-eight, and you got that's Man Man travesty. 16. It deserves to be at least up Dude, there cancel with, uh, pitch with Man Rose. Man, like a fucking Tom Waits karaoke band is higher than fucking Jay Dilla. <laughs> like, what Tom Waits fuck? karaoke, also the name of their most popular song. Was that really? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially they did, what they were. They did put they, on a good live show, Adrian. I'll say that. And that dude, they, 
puts all four foot nine of himself out there for sure. Yeah, he's oh, like, he's a little man, man. He's like, hanging he's a little tiny in, man. In the rafters. <laughs> that was a wild night. Shout out. Oh, shit. Rest in peace, corn man. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. He put us yeah. up for the night. Sick. Uh, here That's we like go. Good time. It was a good time. Here we go. Cat Power, the greatest. Ooh, great record. And mm. T.I.'s King. What oh. was ranked higher? T.I., who's been in the news recently. Well, what uh, do you do now? Oh, um, all the smoke, bro. Trying you don't to, want that smoke. What was he trying to do? He's trying to uh, reconstruct his daughter's hymen or something? Oh, that was one. That was like. <laughs> Three a, news cycles that was a ago. Few gaffes no, ago. the new thing is um the new thing is uh, him and Tiny were uh, sex trafficking and drugging women, so you know, not cool, King. That is not um, King. But shit. I th- <laughs> I think I think he was ranked lower. I'm gonna say Ti is lower. Caleb, Cat Power, the greatest, or <sighs> Ti King. I feel like T.I. King was kind of high because they didn't, I don't know where they were on a hip hop at that time. So I feel like I'm going to go with King. Yeah, Caleb, you got it. They they were really championed King that year. I remember. And T.I.'s King is his best album. I think it's like a double album. There's, a lot, there's probably a lot to wade through. It's like mm-hmm. 25 fucking songs. But, um, but, so T.I. King is higher. Um, do you have any guess? T.I. King is in the top 20 as oh, well. Damn. I think it's like 15. And then uh, the greatest is probably like 26. Close. Adrian? Uh, I'm going to say 18 and 25. You guys are both close. T.I. King is 19. Whoa. And Cat Power, the greatest, is 28. Oh. Damn. damn. I think they'd probably swap that. Yeah, did it over. Yeah. If I had my druthers, I would have swapped. I would swap those mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Greatest is a good album. Greatest is wonderful. It's a good downer. Good, good downer video album. for the lived in bars. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Is that a sobriety album? Uh, I think that was like her tipping point album in yeah. sobriety. Yeah. All right, here we go. The hold steady, boys and girls in America. And clips, hell hath no fury. Okay, so these are both top ten. Yeah, hold steady. That's top ten. Uh, come on. I said, I mean, if you're gonna I play mean, any of it, their Dave records, Dave Perner's rock, dude. It's novelty rock. <laughs> dude, whatever, dude. Rock. Dave Perner's on this album, so can hell hath no fury <laughs> brag that Dave Perner from Soul Asylum's on their album? I don't fucking think uh, so. Slim Thug is on it. Yeah, not um, fucking Dave Perner. I know the answer to this one because I, I, I was looking at this to do the research. Uh, so I, I know that the Hold Steady is no. Well, now I'm second guessing, but I'm pretty sure the Hold Steady is Higher. above them. And I think Hold Steady was like five, and then yeah. Clips was like nine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. with Adrian on that. I think that thing's about right. Hold Steady I, was five. Clips whoa. was seven. Whoa. Seven. Damn. I definitely flipped that and then moved yeah. the whole steady back up, back down. We'll, we'll definitely do Off a the whole list. steady. I listened to the shit out of Boys and Girls in America. That was like Me my too. pizza delivery 
days. Pizza store. Yeah. Pizza store days. Hell yeah. But that, it's so novelty. I guarantee we listen to that. It's going to be crap. It's like, I fucking fell in love with Greg Jin's guitar. <laughs> and then I slipped on a Paps beer. Like, uh, that was a short-lived uh, hold the hold steady game that you and Zachary used to play. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, like, that I shit got Robo's weird. Dick, <laughs> yeah, and he was the drummer for Black Flag. <laughs> yeah, and then it just turned into uh, like SST record, like deviant, slash fiction. After a while, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was a fun game. Though. It was fun to be yeah. party to. It was like Joe Strummer had a big dick, but it was kind of skinny. (laughs) (laughs) I fell in love with Lydia Lunch, but she ate my ass for Dinny. Oh, boy. Oh, man. We'll have to to play a round of that. (laughs) Pretty dumb. Hold steady. Okay, here we go. Scott Walker, The Drift. Fucking banger. Justin Timberlake, Future Sex, Love Sounds. Who ranked higher? Okay, I think the drift's in the top 10. Yeah, it definitely, I think actually, I believe it's 10. And I think Future Sex, Love Sounds is top 20. But yeah, drift is higher. Drift is higher. Yeah, you got it. Drift was 10. I'm surprised. Great record, music concrete. Just I believe there's a there's the sounds of a guy punching um a side of beef. Oh yeah, yeah. That great uh Elvis track was on there. Yep. Future love sex sound was twenty five. Smack dab. Oh, twenty five. Middle of the road, like JT himself. <laughs> yep. JT, the man that? of the woods himself. Oh God, that beanie. <laughs> He really made a statement by wearing beanie and denim jeans on the album cover. <laughs> All right, here What's we go. he up to these days? I don't know. But these that movie stars... came out with this year. It's called like Hancock or something. Hancock Part Two. Uh, Parker. Or Parker. <laughs> Palmer. Palmer. That movie just like doesn't exist. Great right? trailer. <laughs> Great. Trailer. <laughs> Little else. But these pop stars have to stop saying like we're taking it back. Like even like Taylor Swift, where it's like, I'm just taking it back a, to what? I'm doing an album like in my bedroom with my friends, and it's like it's so overproduced. You're still trying to make a hit record. Like stop lying. Like your pop musicians just go with it. I don't know. That's well, Fisher point. Stevens uh, directed Palmer. Might have to watch it now. Hmm. Oh, old brown face himself. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Lily Allen, all right, still. The Decemberist, the crane wife. Two albums will definitely do like a hundred episodes from now. (laughs) So that I had the Lily Allen. Correct me if I'm wrong. That album has a song about the dude who gets his dick cut off on um, Game of Thrones, right? Alfie, her brother. That being her brother. Okay. Yeah. Alfie Allen. Alfie Allen. Um, There's a couple. I will say there are a couple of straight up bangers on that record that still. That album is too British for my blood. (laughs) It's okay. It's very. It's yeah. It's it's harmless. What do you think is higher, Lily Allen or the Decemberist? I think Um, the Decemberist. Oh man, it seems like they'd be on the same like page. You know, like page four. (laughs) Um. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's like a pretty pretty tight race, but I would say maybe Lily Allen's. They were more optimistic at that point. Um, yeah, you're right, Caleb. And they're oh. going more European. Yeah, Lily Allen's way higher. She's 29. 29. Oh, December yeah. has barely made the 50. They always December's were always hovering in the 40s, mid 40s. True. They were 41. And now they're hovering in their late 40s. Let's never <laughs> talk about castaways and castoffs, huh? Yep. Let's never do hey. a crane wife episode. We have to. It's on the <laughs> list. Promise us that. Guys, let's make a pact. <laughs> Just for that, I think we're probably going to get that in our... Uh, yeah, the next time we do a random selection. Picaresque. Now, that's a, that's a pretty good album. Oh, man. <laughs> Said no one ever. Imagine to um I saw this uh this guy posted something and he's like the reason I hate Portland, Oregon, and then it was a news article about how they thanked Robert Mueller and the um FBI like special Russia Gate investigation oh. on their other most recent album. <laughs> wow. So they're a bunch of fucking bootlickers in addition to <laughs> whatever else the fuck they are. He's getting the word out. Okay, right. here we go. Mastodon, Blood Mountain. Oh, good record. Shout yeah. out, shout out and, Dave Maxwell. And Ghostus, self-titled. Ghostus, self-titled. Uh, Ghostus hmm. would be a good podcast network uh, name, too. It's like Hostess, but Ghostus. Ghostus. Well, I think Ghostus came in at number 51, unfortunately. Yeah, Fuck, just a squeaker. Adrian, what you would they do that? It. What would they call the HMOs? Um, Homos? The, uh, HMs? Honorable mention? No, they would do the honorable mention list. Yeah. yeah the uh, Or the, they the, would also do the... Um, sorry, before you... They would also do the uh, every in the individual list, which I always found was a lot more, right, right more. interesting and better to yeah, get stuff that's from. True. Go Adrian, ahead. You oh. know that the Ghostess was 51. It was actually <laughs> tied with the Buka Shades movements. <laughs> Uh, remind me again. Ghostus, they were kind of like a neo, like um, like kind of like. Well, it was the dude from High Places, but uh, he, uh... <laughs> yeah, but he kind of did an acoustic. Uh, he did an electro uh, acoustic uh, electro acoustic yeah. kind of thing. It was well, a... like stompy guitar kind of. Yeah, it was kinda like, grunge, like grunge house. Grunge house. <laughs> it was a foreclosed house. Yeah, Macedon Blood Mountain was uh, a yeah, was foreclosed house. Mastodon Blood Mountain was number 42. They probably, that's a mistake on their part. <laughs> I'm surprised they even put a metal record on there. I mean, that record's pretty like poppy and shit. That and like, definitely trash. like, ah, it's good. Oh, it hard to disagree on that. It has it's, riffs. It's, no, yeah. I don't know. I haven't Scott Kelly's on that record. It's good. It has some good. Uh... Homie. Josh Homie's on that record. Yeah, just, yeah. We'll it's do good. one of those Homie adjacent bands one of these days. Yeah. All right. That's uh, it. We'll do a, uh, yeah. We'll have to do a master. We'll do a, a metal episode. Well, speaking of doing, what the fuck are we doing next? <laughs> well, next week we're doing something a little different. Uh, we're actually going to jump into the vault and we're going to cover a classic. Um, and what classic is that, you ask? Well, imagine you're uh, you're drinking a whole box of wine while in a sleep drinking on Ambien. And uh, meanwhile, your dishwasher and your washing machine are fucking each other on low. You figure it out? You figure out what we're going to do next? No. That's right. We're doing Loveless by My Bloody Valentine. 
and um yeah we're stoked to talk about this uh piece of the indie rock canon so uh which we'll be we're going to be doing from time to time you know uh maybe every 15 10 episodes or something just kind of reach back into the into the established canon and uh, do a classic that was a uh, predating pitchfork so yeah Oh yeah. So stick around for uh, stick around so for that for dust next Dust off that DVD of Lost in Translation, roll up a joint, <laughs> and go on lovely. Get your favorite pair of shoes because you're gonna be looking at them for an extended period of time. <laughs> yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Break out the jazz masters. Yep. And Woo. break it out. And uh yeah, thank you to Kiki for our awesome theme song. Uh, thank you to Noah for your bits and uh, keeping us moving thank you adrian for all your production work and keeping things tight and edited thank you to all of our listeners worldwide maybe we got some up in Yothenburg, sweden now shout out yeah let's uh let's, let's start a conversation you can find us at whackerslaps.com uh by email whackerslaps at gmail.com on all the socials at whackerslaps um seek us out we got a bunch of pl- uh, episodes planned so we're going to keep this rocking and rolling indie rocking and rolling for the duration we need, we so. need reviews and ratings yeah. we need um, reviews and ratings. Right schreiber i know you can just shit one out for us dude it's the least <laughs> you can do for us come on tribes or uh grayson kieran kieran the old metal guy come on help me out here buddy <laughs> um yep and uh thank you uh for knowing adrian i've been caleb and this has been whacker slaps and as always we ask the eternal question What made Milwaukee famous? Yeah, hit the music. Bye.